Um, just so you guys know, I don't know if I've shared this. If I have, please uh, forgive me. So my wife, which she just stood up there, I've known her since she was two years old, so I feel very blessed. Uh, um, my best friend in kindergarten, I went over his house one day, and there she was. Uh, no, I actually was an innocent man, and her mom and her figured out how to corner me into doing this, so just kidding. Kelly's very much a treasure. Uh, She used to preach the gospel to me before I even came to the Lord at the age of 16. That just kind of gives you some of her history. She did this thing you're not supposed to do, which is called missionary dating. It worked. Hey. So that's a little bit into it. So he's already prayed. So why don't we go ahead and dive into the scripture. Turn with me to 1 John 5. 1 John 5. And this is... I'm going to kind of launch us into prayer by teaching this evening. So we're going to cover this and then go into prayer with each other. Um, In 1863, there was a doctor and his wife, she was a Methodist minister, and her name was Phoebe Palmer. And I'm amazed when I, um, we're getting to this time in history now where she is being forgotten. But around the 1800s, early 1900s, she was a very influential woman of God. Um, Her husband, as I said, was a minister. She used to be a Methodist preacher. And this is, uh, I found this scripture ended up being, um, when I read different people, I look through church history on different topics, I end up finding out it's this scripture that a lot of people land on, that the Lord has actually come to them, spoken to them out of this scripture specifically. And there's a reason why, which we're going to get to. This scripture specifically, uh, Phoebe Palmer, right before the Civil War, the Lord actually showed her this passage one day, and she, as I said, if, you, uh, if you're in the Wesleyan tradition, they teach on holiness and, and, and walking purity, purity with God. The Lord showed her this scripture and then spoke to her that this was the scripture she was to begin to launch a different aspect of presenting the Lord, and it was on the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it was based on this scripture. And uh, if you guys, and most people don't know this, but she was the one that reintroduced the whole idea of healing to the body of Christ in the United States based on this scripture. So hopefully the scripture has a lot of impact. It will, hopefully, if I present it correctly. Interesting enough, as I said, even as I read stuff on prayer through the centuries, I find out that everyone lands on this scripture. So there's a lot that comes to us out of the scripture that I hopefully can emphasize. So it says this, and this is the confidence that we have towards him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we and and we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know we have the request that we have asked of him. Lord, let your word go forth and accomplish what you want to purpose in your heart tonight. All right, so let's start working through it. This is the confidence that we have towards him. The word confidence is interesting because it's, um, it's, a, it's a statement of what's called being bold. It actually means not just confidence. It isn't like, well, this is what God wants me to do. This is actually a um, statement that means a bold position or it means a bold resolve. It, so, Think about this. A lot of people believe that when they stand before the Lord, they're to be fearful, 
They're not supposed to say, well, this is what your word says, and I, and I kind of believe you should do this according to my place. In your... Most people would never do that. They'd feel like, I can't talk to God that way. And yet here in this scripture, it is telling you that this is what God actually expects you to do, is to come before him in boldness because you're in relationship with him and ask for these things. I don't know if you guys see this connection. God is actually glorified by answering your prayers. God gets no benefit on you crying out day and night and not answering. So God is trying to teach you, hey, I'm serious about this with you. I want you to do this. And now it's using what we call, at least in the original language, aggressive language to get this point across to you. Don't come before me and expect that I don't want to hear this. Don't come before me and not demand that my kingdom comes. I've done all these things through my son so that you will stand before me and go, let's rule and reign on this planet. Interesting time in history we're in right now. We're watching governments be shaken. The government that cannot be shaken is the government of God. Because it cannot be shaken, in shakable times, God begins to show you that the kingdom that you serve in is not shaken. And you have to actually rise up in crisis and realize that because of who you are in Christ and what God expects from you in prayer, you have nothing to be ashamed of for asking God to come into a crisis and move, change it, and bless it. And so he's telling you, come before him with confidence The confidence is bold, resolve, and it means that you believe that when you stand before God in prayer, he's going to take you seriously. Uh, Do you guys ever do this when you're in a very desperate time? You kind of get into begging? It's like, all right, I've already prayed the prayers, but God, seriously, do this. The Bible actually wants you to know, especially as we move through this passage, that God listens to prayers but only certain types of prayers. This type of prayer is telling you, this is the type of prayer I listen to. Are you guys ready? God's telling you, the heart attitude I want you to have when you stand before me is you expect me to do this. I don't know if you guys are like I am. I used to take an approach to prayer that if I just say enough things in enough categories, God would pick one and say, I'll answer that one. And the maturing process in prayer is to get you beyond shotgun prayers to understanding that the specific request that I'm going to go before the Lord with, as we're going to see, this is something God wants to answer. And so I now position myself expecting an answer. I'm not wasting my time. I'm moving in trust that God will do it. It says this. This is the confidence that we have towards him if we ask anything according to his will. According is interesting. It kind of just sounds like a connecting word, but this is actually interesting. Anything according to his will. Could have said anything in his will, but it said according to his will. So why did it use that specific passage? It actually means if we ask anything according to his will, it means that we see it in heaven, we see it at a higher plane, and we make it a reality in a lower plane. So if we ask anything according to his will, God is actually saying this to you and I. I've given you my playbook on what is the higher things that you're to bring into the lower things. 
God is now telling you, this is why you have confidence, is because the things that he reveals, either by revelation or by promise, those are God's will in a situation. They are eternal. That is God's view of that subject, and that's how he wants to answer it in every case. That's why you have confidence. So the same God that would intervene in the time of Elijah and deal with nations needing to be corrected is the same God will come in our day and do the same thing. That is his will in those situations. We can take confidence that if he has done it in the past, he'll do it again because he does not change. Let's keep moving forward. According to his will. Now, there's a lot of ways that the word will is used in the New Testament. Did you guys realize that uh, one of the wills of God is the judgment of God? So is it talking about this when it talks about his will? It's interesting. This form of the term will, this Greek form, actually means God's best offer. So think about it this way. If we ask anything that comes from a higher place to a lower place, God wants to give us his best offer for that situation. Do you see why he wants you to have confidence? He's saying, look, this is, this is something between me and my child. I'm going to give you my best offer. Take it. All right, let's keep moving forward. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. <laughs> we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. Now, this is where it gets interesting because people ask this question. Doesn't God hear all prayers? Now, interesting enough, we would, we would have to work through this in a very specific way. God does because he's uh, an absolute being. He knows all things. He, he, he is all-powerful. Of course, he hears all prayers, but this isn't asking, does God have the ability to hear prayers? It's asking it this way. Does God answer every prayer? So, when it says, he hears you, it's now beginning to present to you and I a specific thing. God does not answer every prayer that is presented before him. So what prayers does he answer? You guys know in the Old Testament that if uh, people had idols in their hearts, God would not listen to their prayer. If people worshipped false gods, God would not listen to their prayer. If people did uh, rebellious things, God would not listen to their prayer. So whose prayers are God listening to? And now it's, it's taking it into a category. Just because a nation prays does not mean God has to answer because of the, qual- the quantity of people. It's the quality of the person. And so what prayers does God hear? Interesting enough, that this is why when you have ministers or people leading you in prayer, they take the word of God and they say, let's pray this as fuel. Because these are divinely powerful from God the promises of God, the scriptures themselves, they're divinely powerful. They are God's will. He will listen to that, and he'll say, let's come into agreement with that and release that on the planet. Another prayer that God hears is what we would call God-breathed prayer, where God initially just speaks to you, I'm going to do this. And you receive it, yes, Lord. And when you do that, you and he come into agreement, which we're going to work through here just for a moment. Stop now as we're working through the passage, and let's take the word agreement for a moment. It's interesting. The word agreement means to, it's a word 
that you can use in law court, but it's also words that you use in symphonies. I think the symphony part works better. When it says that God tells you his will, to come into sympathy, symphony with it, you sing in the same note back to him. So God says, I want to do this. When you come into agreement, you say, yes, Lord, do this. You sing the same song. When we come to prayer meetings, did you guys realize we're singing the same songs of heaven? God is saying, this is my song. Come into agreement with me. We sing it back to him. Now we're in harmony with each other. And what God has going on in heaven is released on earth. The song gets released in the midst of us. Then it says this, and this is, if you can imagine... And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know we have the request. Now, I'm going to go down to request, and this is where I'm going to finish up with. This word request, same Greek word that's used for petition. So a lot of people ask, well, so what does that mean? God, God will give me what I request. Well, it means your petition. Now, what does the Bible tell you about biblical petition? You're supposed to be asking for things all the time. That's what a petition is. God, I have a need. Here's my request. God, I have a need. Here's my request. Now the Bible's saying, well, are you ready? So what prayers did God answer? Your request. Your petition. I used to think this only applied to, these are people that are only hearing the, the words of knowledge or words of wisdom, but it's actually expanding it. It's saying, no. The request God wants to answer. So this means that, in a sense, it's saying the things that God actually even puts on your heart or the things that you have need of, God says, those are the prayers I want to answer also. He's now expanding it, and he's saying, this is how important my relationship is with you. What you have need of, I want to meet. What you have a desire of a breakthrough, I want to do. I want you to come before me, expect me to do this, and expect a transformation in every situation. Now, just to, I'm just kind of giving you the straight scripture. Now, I'm going to kind of just kind of add to it. When I first came to the Lord, uh, the very first person that came up to me, it was kind of funny, was my brother, and he hands me this book, Reese Howells, The Intercessor. I'm only, I've only known the Lord for a week. I'm like, why did you buy me that book? And he said, well, I felt like the Lord told me to. You guys ever heard of Reese Howells, the intercessor? Okay, three people. (laughs) If you haven't, you need to go buy it. Um, So, guys, I barely know the Lord for a week. I'm starting to read this book. By the time I'm into chapter three of it, I'm wondering if I'm saved because of his prayer life. I mean, um, just to kind of wet you to go purchase the book. I don't get anything for this. Just to wet your... But one day the Lord comes to him and says... This man that lives in your town is crippled. I want you to stand in front of everybody in the city and proclaim that on this day, at this time, I will heal this man that was born lame. And I'm going to make you do it on purpose in front of everybody so that I can show them they can trust me in prayer. How, how would you guys like to have God do that to you? There's a crippled person that people have prayed for a hundred times. They've never been healed. And God says, okay. December 7th, right before noon, God will heal that person, and he's doing that to stretch you in your prayer life. Does that sound like fun? And he talked about all the, 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 
attacks of spiritual warfare he went through until that day. All the struggles, how he had to trust God, and, and just all the internal struggles, the external struggles. Everyone in town knew he said this, and lo and behold, the Lord healed him exactly when he said he would. Now, when you read stories like that, and then you sit around, and if you guys are like me, and I pray prayers, I don't even know what I'm praying, just help me. There seems to be a difference, doesn't it? So I'm, re- I'm like, well, I guess I, g- I need to get more serious about my prayer. And a month and a half later, someone else walks up to me and says, hey, the Lord told me to give you this book. And I'm like, why is God, ma- uh, I'm trying to just read the Bible, why is God making me read all these extra books? And so I get a book now on George- the life and times of George Mueller. You guys know who George Mueller is? By the way, if you, if you don't want to spend money on that, you can actually read all his own personal writings online for free. Just go type in George Mueller's life, PDF, and it'll bring it up for free. Now, think about it. God whets my appetite with Reese Howes, the intercessor. Then he sends me George Mueller, where George Mueller was very specific on how he prayed. If you don't know anything about him, the Lord told him to sell everything he had, give to the poor, and believe him in prayer. And he started by taking care of both boys and girls in an orphanage, and he got everything through prayer. Then he built different orphanages through prayer. Then he became the biggest missionary organization in the world in the 1890s through prayer. He had the biggest uh, printing press for the gospel in England through prayer. (laughs) I mean, do you guys read some of these books and you think, what am I doing with the Lord? So I'm a month and a half into this. God is challenging me that he's serious about prayer. Prayer is the most powerful thing that God has ever called you and I to participate with him in. It changes people, nations, and history if we understand how powerful it is. Isn't that great? You guys are in a community where you're now saying, let's fast and get serious with God. God, you are not wasting your time. God is moving power. I sat, or it's kind of funny, we're sitting here, and now I'm going to move into prayer. I was sitting over here, and the power of the Lord's hitting me, and I'm like, how am I going to get up and even talk? And I'm just trying to tell you this, not to add something to it, but please remember, when sin and oppression increase, grace increases more. So every time we gather and we worship, more of the presence of the Lord is coming in the midst of us because of the oppression and the increase of evil that is going on in our culture right now. I sat there, and the Spirit of the Lord swirled around me like that time I was in Africa, and I'm like, oh my gosh, is God going to just start falling on people and doing miracles? Because the last time I experienced that, that's what was happening in the room. So... Hey, Lord, (laughs) release that to us tonight in the name of Jesus. All right, let's transition real quick. Um, If you guys are like me, Mike, tell me if you ever have this struggle. I always tell the Lord, so I'm not going to do ministry. I do not have time to do ministry. And then the Lord just says, no, you're going to. Do you guys ever have that? Do you ever have that experience? And you think, I don't want to do What is this? (laughs) It's kind of like he... Runs the universe or something like that. And so it's really weird. Would you mind standing, sir? Yeah, just stand. Just put your hands out like it's Christmas real quick. Holy Spirit, would you come release your power?
in your presence. I actually saw the Holy Spirit hovering over you during worship, and the Lord told me, he showed me your heart. And then he said there was a hardness in your heart that he was going to come and he was going to land on. And he was, he was going to change that hardness to where that becomes the strongest place of grace in your life. And I actually heard the Lord say, I am going to strengthen you in a way that you have never been strengthened before. And you're going to discover a part of my mercy that you have just wondered if it's even there. So Holy Spirit, right now, release your power over your son. And he told me to tell you this, and he wants you to receive it. He is pleased with you. Now let your pleasure come over him right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what someone has said to you, what has happened to you in your past, God does not define you by that. He defines you by his love towards you and his son's sacrifice for you. And I command the blessing of the Lord upon you right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, one other thing, you've, you have a sense, you feel like this internal sense of weakness. God said he's going to lift that off of you. Uh, there's going to become a strength that actually comes inside your soul that is going to be the grace of God, that is going to give you victory that you've been longing for. So I just thank you for that, Lord. Let it well up right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, would you guys stand with me, please? Get in groups of three, your choice. If you don't know each other, say, hi, my name is. Let's get in groups of three real quick. I'm going to lead off in prayer, and then someone's going to come up after me, and they're going to keep going on in the prayer, and then we're going to have you, as you're in groups, starting to pray with each other. But as a group, get in groups of three real quick, and let's do that. But don't start praying or visiting. Just get in groups of three, and then follow along with me. Okay, three, four, or five, however you want to do it. All right, if you're in your group, real quick, join me in prayer. Okay, so we're going to do a corporate prayer real quick. Holy Spirit, come. Bring your power. Bring your power. Help us as we stand before the Father. Just give us grace right now. And Lord, I, I, I just want to, in a moment, thank you for this time in human history. I ask Holy Spirit, as you tell us in the Thessalonians to pray this way, we bring the judges, the media, and the the government officials before you right now, O God. And we ask that you would take away the blinders from their eyes so that they could see the glory of your Son. Reveal yourself to them, Lord. We ask that you would hover over them, Holy Spirit, and you would protect them and send people to preach the gospel to them right now, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would give us, as you tell us in Scripture, good government so that the gospel can go forward in peace in our world. Raise up a standard of righteousness in the land we live in, Lord. Give us good leaders. Give us good government. Give us the blessing of the Lord on this nation 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that a movement of liberty would go into the body of Christ. That the whole body of Christ would be strengthened by your goodness. Give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Release boldness back into the camp of the Lord. And we bless your name. You are good. Your mercy endures forever, O God. Now, if you agree with that, sing it with me. Yes, O Lord. And just before we break up and, and pray individually, Ray, I want you to come up and pray. We were in a, our noon prayer meeting today, and Ray was praying out of Psalm 18, and it was just powerful. And so we're going to uh, hear from here, and then and yeah, Psalm 18, and then we'll pray. And then she's going to pray over us, just like Brian did. We're going to agree with it, and then we're going to go into our individual groups of prayer. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 18, uh, For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. And remember that part. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and he sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Remember that. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarge my path under me so my feet do not slip. So the Lord has given me a picture of the days of Nehemiah where we're at war, but we're also building. And... um, We as believers have one foot on earth and one foot in the heavenlies. Uh, We are seated with him in heavenly places. And I just encourage you, just as the scripture says about the shield, and he is our strength. It takes me back to Ephesians 6, where we're to put on the full armor of God. Every day, put on your full armor. I just pray, Lord. Help us to remember each and every day to put on the full armor of God. The full armor of God is Jesus. Put Jesus on every day because this is where we're at. We're called to build. We're called to war. We're we're called to love. Um, He also took me to... um, Sorry, 1 Corinthians... um, 12 and 13, I think it was, where um, God is love. We're to love. Let me go there. I'm messing that up a little bit. Sorry. 
was in here earlier. <laughs> For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love does not fail. Just as Marcus was praying earlier, God is love. Love never fails. Love casts out fear. And that's what we're, we're in this season of, of uh, having a sword in one hand and then releasing the kingdom in the other, releasing the love of God wherever we go. So I pray over each and every person to open our hearts like never before, that we can receive fully the love of God for ourselves and for our neighbors and all those whom we meet, even those problem children that rise up in our lives and we don't think we can love them. Lord, give us so much compassion and so much love that we are just in a stream of that that love, the love of God. Let us release the kingdom wherever we are to build with your love, to build relationships, to build a world with your love. So, Lord, I just pray for greater and greater amounts of love to just saturate us tonight and that we are transformed by your love and that we are, we are just, I just see us like little uh, fire hydrants and we are releasing that love wherever we go. We can't turn it off. Don't turn it off, Lord. Just more and more of your love. And equip us to fight the good fight. And then Mike had a really good revelation. Should I share your revelation? So, um, and then Mike added that we're warring from the second heavens. And... Um, we're bringing the love to earth. And he, he talked about um, in Matthew sixteen eighteen, And I don't have the Bible memorized like some of you. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Heaven and what, let's see. Okay, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So our job, if you choose to accept it, is to bind those. And that's the second heaven. Let's clarify, not the third heavens. Um, we're, we're at war in the second heavens. And we have authority there. So remember your authority and the keys. It's all about the keys right now in the, the kingdom of heaven. So whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So bind it up. And whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we loose. We loose heaven. So bless you all. Uh-huh.